You're listening to Law Talk with Bill Powers, your resource for answers to your most pressing legal questions. Attorney Bill Powers sits down with some of today's leading legal minds to discuss everything from legal issues and legislation to practice tips and policy. Now, here's your host, an NBTA board-certified criminal law specialist, former president of the North Carolina Advocates for Justice and renowned trial lawyer, Bill Powers. All right, welcome to the first full-length episode of Law Talk with attorney Bill Powers. I am Robert Ingalls, and I will be your guest host for this episode. It is an honor to be here and to be part of the launching of this podcast. Bill Powers is one of the most accomplished and well-respected attorneys in the state of North Carolina. He's a board-certified criminal law specialist, former president of the North Carolina Advocates for Justice, and has been selected as a North Carolina super lawyer for 12 years and counting. I am pleased to introduce one of the finest attorneys in the state and my friend, Mr. Bill Powers. How you doing, Bill? I'm well. Good morning. All right. Thanks for having me here, man. I'm so happy to be a part of this. Well, I'm I'm an honor to uh, be with you this morning. (laughs) All right. So we're going to jump right in. Today, we are going to be talking about traffic tickets, what you do during, after, uh, whether or not getting an attorney would be the best option for you. All right, Bill. So this is one of the questions that when we decided to talk about this that came to my mind that I never see answered because it's usually too late mm-hmm. by the time you're coming looking for advice. What is it you do the moment those blue lights come on? In, in your mind, obviously you pull over, you probably shouldn't run, right? right? Right. Right. They've gotten pretty good at keeping up with you. Right. But once you're pulled over, like kind of what are the steps? What are your rights in that moment? Well, after cursing, um, <laughs> <laughs> trying to think of something quick in your mind to explain what you were doing, uh, yeah, I mean, the obvious thing is is that you 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 pull over, try to find a safe place. Um, I am sometimes amazed that people react so strongly that they actually almost cause a wreck. I regularly have police officers say, I, you know, I'll give you a, a reasonable period of time to pull over. And if you don't think it's safe, um, you know, turn on your flashers or something like that and pull over in a well-lighted area or, or take your time. It doesn't have to be, you know, squealing tires and, and running off the road and... and um, Anything, anything like that. So, you know, immediately is find a safe place to pull over. Okay. Uh, the second thing is, is to start um, realizing that the police officer has a job and they generally speaking, do not want to have problems in doing their job. And one of the things I think about is how am I going to get the necessary materials or documents that I think they're going to want to have without making the police officer nervous. And I don't, I don't know if you know what I mean by that, but sometimes people don't realize is that, you know, if you're reaching around your car, you could be reaching for your driver's license or you could be reaching for a gun. Uh, so I, I started thinking about that. Now that's, this is actually an aforethought. That's why I keep personally, you know, my driver's license and my registration and my insurance on my visor of my car so I can easily grab it and I'm not reaching down what lawyers call a furtive gesture. <laughs> That's one of my favorite words from law school. Uh, and the police officer, you know, most people don't keep guns up in their visor. I think it puts them at ease to start off with. Sure. And I think that's good advice. And that's something I kind of learned the hard way is I used to keep everything in the glove box. Sure. And and I'm, I'm with you now. Everything I need is clipped to my visor and it is in my hand. Now, you know, thank, I'm going to knock on wood if next time I get a chance, I haven't been pulled over in probably six years. But when I do, it's right there. And by the time he gets to my window or she gets to my window, it's like in my hand, ready to hand it to him. Yeah. Well, and I just had, you know, when you have those times in your life where you realize, oh my God, I turned into my dad. Um, <laughs> 
I just realized that's something my dad did. And I never, until this moment, really realized probably why. Um, sorry, Dad. Um, <laughs> now, I don't keep my mileage, you know, recordation. He used to have a little, little card he'd keep up there and track how many, what the mileage he got in his car. But I do I do keep it up there. And I, I haven't, like you, I haven't been pulled over in quite some time, knock on wood. But um, that's, a, that's a really kind of a first step is to just have your, your stuff together. And that, it also brings up a valid point. Maybe it would be a good idea to make sure that you, one, have insurance on your car, and two, that uh, the tags are, are valid, that you've done uh, everything you're supposed to do for your registration and paying your taxes. I, I am regularly amazed how angry people are they got pulled over, and I'm like, you realize that you hadn't <laughs> you had your car registered in about a year. Of course, they're going to pull you over. If you don't just stick around your license plate, they're going to pull you over. Yeah. And so have your stuff in order beforehand. So a- another thing that I see come up a lot and I think would be very valuable for people to understand is what do you say to the officer when he says, do you know why I pulled you over? I say good morning. Um, you know, I, I, I think one, it's nice to be nice. Uh, we do live in, in the South and, and I don't think it's unusual to say good morning officer. Um, I don't think it helps to be lippy or give people a hard time at the same time. Uh, I don't think you need to answer particularly that, that question. Um, you can say good morning officer. Do you know why I pulled you over and say, well, I, I, I'm not sure. I'd like to hear what, what you think. You, know, you may just be checking to see if I'm okay. Gotcha. So don't uh, don't go copying to anything right there. Yeah, and I, I'm not trying to be a smarty marty about it. I mean, if you're if you're um, if you're going 110 miles an hour on, you know, I-485, I think it's reasonable to assume that you'd say, well, it's probably going a little faster than I should have. Okay. There's there's nothing that uh, that admission will hurt you later in court. No, especially with speeding tickets. The 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 discourse between or, or conversation between you and the officer is very. Very rarely is it is it brought in to any form of um, uh, importance on a, on a traffic ticket. Now that, that that's different if the traffic ticket develops into something more. And when people say, well, "What do you mean by something more?" Maybe driving while impaired. Maybe the traffic stop was the basis of a of a drug charge, or, or driving while license revoked. So it's traffic plus. Uh, so, you know, there are times where when you, you say things, it's not necessarily to your benefit. But we're talking about traffic tickets, we're talking about speeding tickets, red light violations, lane violations, things like that. Um, I can't. Now, I, I have seen tickets where um, the officer, if you if you get uh, ornery with them, I've seen them write notes on the ticket saying, you know, so and so, Mr. or Miss Smith said that they were going to, you know, call my boss and have my badge. And, you know, that's probably not a good idea to, to say that to the officer. So do you think, uh, have you noticed when you're in court dealing with citations like this, that that can sometimes make your job a little bit harder to get them what they want? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So I think the takeaway there is be nice. Yeah. I mean, and think about it. If you're a prosecutor and you're sitting in a room and you've got hundreds and maybe thousands of tickets you're trying to dispose of on a daily basis and then you come across one where the person really showed their tail feathers. Yeah. I think you're a little less inclined, um, to give them a little extra consideration. Maybe you look a little bit more carefully at their record to see if this is a, a problem as opposed to, you know, we all get tickets. It's normal. And, and I think, I think most prosecutors understand that and not looking to, to kill you on them. Sure. 
So after you get that ticket, you know, you go through the process, they end up writing the ticket because, you, mm-hmm. you know, you, you didn't have a nice enough smile to get out of it and you get the ticket. What are that the first steps you really should take in that moment? Because I ask that because frequently the officer will say, now you can go here and pay it. Right. Don't do that. Okay. Why? Uh, well, a host of reasons. Um, I say this all the time and, and I really mean it. You hear the saying, don't just stand there and do something. In law, oftentimes the best advice I give people is don't just do something, stand there. And what I mean by that is don't just immediately pay off a citation. Um, Find out what's going on in the background. And not that I think police officers are, are, are to any nefarious purpose, but you know, when they give you the, the, the citation and say you can pay this off online, it may not be what's necessarily best for you because they don't know always what your background is. They don't know how many wrecks you've had. They don't know if you've had other moving violations. They don't know the status of your license. Are you commercial? Well, they should know if you're a commercial driver's license. But there are a lot of moving parts. And I spend as much time fixing problems that people have created themselves. Now, obviously, they created it by getting a citation, but then they exacerbate the situation by paying off a citation or doing that online thing, which is the new thing in North Carolina, without really understanding the nature and the consequences of, of, of doing that. So I tell people, hey, listen, we offer a free consultation. It means we don't charge anything. If we think you can handle a ticket yourself, if, if we think that uh, it's probably just the best idea to pay it off or even go online, we'll tell you that. On the other hand, it makes sense to find out what the background is um, and say, well, you probably shouldn't do that. You may benefit from having some legal help. Gotcha. So is there anything else you should do? Should you contact your insurance company for a ticket, or is that just for an accident? Well, um, good question. Multiple part answer. For a regular ticket, assuming it doesn't involve a wreck, that's why I think it's a little bit more complicated response, uh, I would not call the carrier uh, right off the bat. I'm not aware of any duty in North Carolina for you to tell on yourself or put them on notice that there may be a ticket coming. I know that's a common thing where people call their carrier up and say, what should I do? I think it's an important consideration to understand that carriers make money by raising rates, not lowering rates. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have a Juris doctorate for a reason. I'm looking out for the best interests of my client. I also understand the nuance of the law. So there, now that doesn't mean we don't work with insurance carriers. I've had numerous times where I call up and say, you can't raise the rate based on this, or this is what the statute says. But um, again, this kind of falls under the genre of if you get a free consult with a lawyer, we'll take 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes and talk with you and tell you what we think the best thing is to do. But I rarely tell clients to call their carrier, even if they have an ultimately a a conviction for a criminal matter or an infraction, which um, many tickets are infractions, uh, I would still say just wait and see what the carrier does. If anything, does it get reported back? You know, we're while we're sitting here on the in Charlotte, which is on the South Carolina border. I mean, not that I can see Russia from my front door, but it's not that far away. And a lot of people live in Fort Mill and work in Charlotte, and there's this they just assume, oh, I'm crossing state lines. It's no big deal. Well, I, it is a big deal between South Carolina licensees and North Carolina licensees. And sometimes things get reported back. Some things that times they don't. Gotcha. So if you were to get a citation in North Carolina, could it be affected differently in South Carolina? Absolutely. Sometimes better, sometimes worse. And that's true in any state. I, 
I regularly get calls from people, you know, flying. I was in Washington State. I was flying to the West Coast or something, renting a car, got a doozy of a ticket. Didn't figure I was going to be back anytime soon. Didn't take care of the ticket. Now I've got a notice from NC North Carolina Department of Transportation Division of Motor Vehicles, DMV. I got a letter from them saying they were suspending my license. Why? And they and, they, and then they realized, oh, I forgot about that. Forgot about <laughs> And I'm using hand quotes, which you can't see really on a sound, but they forgot about the citation. Yeah, yeah out-of-state tickets can uh, can... There's this new thing. It's it's yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> it's called com, they're called computers and the internet. I don't know if you heard it's one. It's ruined everything. I know it's ruined the the ability to um, skip town and not take care of your <laughs> ticket. Um, and and that's you know I've actually had tickets where uh, people were driving in. Um, gosh, I had someone in Barcelona that got a, a pretty decent ticket, and they thought, yeah, I'm not going to do anything about it, and um, it it. And I'm not going to say that particular one affected North Carolina license, but there were some questions asked and had more to do with the ability to travel back to Spain. Uh, but, um, wow. yeah, it's a pretty serious case, but, but, um, yeah, don't just assume that cause if you cross the St. Lot, the state line, you know, you're, you may not be violating the man act or anything like that, but, um, uh, you should consider and take seriously all tickets. Um, and, and if it's not that big of a deal, we'll tell you. Now, let's say somebody actually does go online and they pay that ticket mm -hmm. and then they realize or they're listening to the podcast now and they paid the ticket yesterday. Oof. Are there steps they can take or is it too late? Yes and no. Uh, that's a really good question. And it, it kind of depends. Now, the reason is, is because this is really a developing area right now. And to my knowledge right now, they're they're greatly limiting the type of citations that they're willing to work with you online. And some jurisdictions, for example, Charlotte has for years had kind of an internal protocol, and now this is being layered on that. So um, generally speaking, the overall rule is if you pay a ticket off, and that ain't good as far as reopening it. There are exceptions. For example, a prayer for judgment continued, uh, or some people refer to it as a PJC. I've heard it called a PJC, a PFC, a PBJ. Uh, every every iteration of those of that um, acronym under the sun. Uh, but because the judgment is technically continued, you may have some ability to have a court address that. And there is something called an emotion for appropriate relief. It's it's an option where. And I think it's sometimes misused, to be honest with you, but it is a possibility. So it, that, generally speaking, when we tell a person, we, would, we wouldn't say, let's reopen the case. I'd first want to ask why you want to reopen that case, meaning kind of going back and doing what we, I would have done in the first place is to see what are truly the consequences going to be. Sometimes people call up and say, I did a terrible thing. I paid the ticket off and I don't want to do it. And I want to open it up. And I say, well, hold on a second. Let's back up. Maybe you didn't do the wrong thing. Maybe you're just second guessing your decision. Let's see what the, the consequences are for doing that and see if you really need to reopen the case. Um, there's Again, there's this assumption sometimes people have that you know they talk to Uncle Freddie. They talk to Cousin Steve who said, oh, I did this. And DA's office dismissed the case and... Heck, they came over to my house and washed my car and did my dishes. And yeah, cousin Steve is the worst attorney. Yeah, cousin. I always say you know Uncle Freddie, but um, <laughs> yeah, because the the anecdotal evidence there is it's amazing 
how people will listen to friends and relatives, but not <laughs> seek out the people that work in the profession who will talk to you for free um, and really get the straight scoop. We'll, we'll tell you one way or the other. So the answer to your question in a kind of a long a roundabout way is there are times it depends on uh, the type of citation where really I do see it happen. And where I do think it's appropriate is where people, I, I, I call it the, the, the do the right thing effect where they have tried to do the right thing. They've had a, 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 a ticket or a series of tickets that they haven't taken care of. They start having this, this dance, this slow waltz with DMV with their license being suspended for longer and longer and longer. And then maybe they get a little bit older, maybe they have a job that says you have to take care of these tickets. We, you, it actually probably do better in life if you have a, an ability to drive around legally in North Carolina. Um, and so they go to DMV and DMV says, yeah, just pay off these tickets and we'll give your license back. And again, there's no nefarious purpose. I don't think the DMV person necessarily understands what will happen when they do that. And so they, my clients are people have tried to do the right thing. They pay off the tickets, sometimes thousands of dollars, because there's, you know, North Carolina charges some pretty hefty failure to appear, late fees, court costs, fines. Court costs are unconscionably high in North Carolina, um, even for the most basic of citation. And they, they get their plastic license back. They, you know, take a picture of it. They post it online. I finally have my license back. And then 10 days later, they get a letter from the DMV that says, your license has been revoked. And those are instances definitely where we we not often uh, it's 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 not only some question about it, it's 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 appropriate to go back in and say, hey, listen, he he did not he appeared pro se he had been provided some bad information or he or she had, and this was the the consequence of that. So there are times to open it up, but we see those I call them license reclamation product projects where we're going back and trying to look globally. Um, at a person's license and, and their privilege to drive. You're seeing that now more statewide too, um, where they're having, um, they are being the state of North Carolina, some jurisdictions, amnesty type of programs. I've heard one called that, or where they, if you come to them and, um, I don't know, as you use the term, cop to some tickets, not taken care of, maybe it'll dismiss some of them. I still would think it'd be a better idea to have a lawyer involved in that process. But we're seeing now as a policy matter in North Carolina, I think um, more with the, the intent either from Jones Street and Raleigh or, or um, in the General Assembly or, or prosecutors as a whole of let's get people legal as opposed to just suspension after suspension after suspension after suspension, and then people still drive. Uh, you can agree or disagree with that policy, but I do. I have seen a major change from when I first got involved in the system to now that there there seems to be more of an understanding of, hey, we, we're trying to get this person legal again. Gotcha. And that kind of brings me to my next question that I think a lot of people have. If I end up getting myself into a position where I've accumulated so many points that I mm-hmm. lose my license, is that something that an attorney may be able to help me out with in that moment? Sure, sure. In more than one way. Um, First, there's the citation itself of how to handle it and what the the most appropriate disposition would be. But there's a secondary part of this. And this is where people don't always understand that they're dealing with technically two separate entities. There's the court system 
And, you know, you, when you get pulled over, all you see is the officer and the ticket. And you're like, the system, the man's trying to hold me down. Right. You know? uh, but you're dealing with the court system on a citation, which it may be a criminal matter. A lot of people don't realize the tickets. Some of them are criminal matters based on the severity of the offense. Uh, probably the majority of them are infractions where it's not a criminal matter. But you've got, you have to deal with the court. Then you get to deal with this other entity, which is, while related to the court, is technically separate. It's DMV. And there are times where we have to go back and ask for a hearing or, you know, license restoration with DMV. Are you eligible for a hearing? Are there, are there things that you can do in order to administratively be reinstated? So... I, I think it helps people understand that there are times your license is suspended because the court has ordered it to be suspended. The judge is part of the judgment or the order of the of the of the citation. Normally, it'd be a you know, pretty serious thing, a criminal violation, a misdemeanor. And then DMV can administratively uh, suspend or revoke, and we use those terms interchangeably. Um, for an accumulation of points or having too many citations within a certain period. Um, I once taught a seminar. I called it the, the the twelve days of Christmas. You know, like the song of naming all the ways that DMV can revoke you for citations. <laughs> um, and so, even if it, and I'm not kidding. I mean, you laugh, but there really are. You know, if you get a, a moving violation more than this speed and this speed, or two or more violations with this in this time period, or having a prayer for judgment, excessive PJCs, or having a, uh, there's a lot of different ways. So. The answer to your question is, yeah, we can help people to citation itself, but we spend a fair amount of time. Heck, we have an attorney on staff that does that almost all day long. That's what she does. She does DMV hearings, and it's not just DWI. I think a lot of people assume that DMV just handles DWIs. No, they do administrative restorations all the time for traffic tickets. Right on. So that kind of leads me to my next question as mm -hmm. well. I think after losing your license, mm -hmm. the the next number one complaint you're probably going to get is, how do I pay less insurance? Like, how do I keep my insurance from going oh, up? Oh, great question. Um, you know, what's funny is I, I, I think people are actually more concerned about insurance than they are their license. <laughs> um, um, maybe that's, I don't know, that's, my granddad always used to say, that, you know, if you hit people in the wall, that they, you change behaviors. And um, North Carolina, uh, believe it or not, and my friends in the insurance industry will probably just be shocked to hear me say this because I'm always battling where, when, with them when they want to raise the rates. Um, but the reason I get to battle with them is that North Carolina has some pretty reasonable laws and controls over the insurance industry about when and why they can raise your rates. Now, there, there are some game playing on there that ir it irritates me, but as a whole, you do have some opportunities, but you have to be very careful about timing issues and what you're taking responsibility for, um, what what's getting dismissed. Is this a an offense that would result in a violation or not a violation? But yeah, insurance is... You know, we have a we have a I call it hierarchy when I tell clients. You know, the first part is as a lawyer is you know keep client out of jail. Okay, you know that's one of the things we really want to avoid, especially with traffic matters. And people don't realize you can go to jail, you can get arrested for speeding tickets, fast ones, and it's not as fast as you'd think. Um, second is save the license if at all possible, and then third is try to avoid the insurance premiums, uh, and they're it's complicated. 
Um, that's why I say call and talk to a lawyer, because uh, cousin, what do we say, cousin Steve or Uncle yeah. Freddie, uh, they they may not know what they're talking about, and the law may have changed since they got their, their sure. citation twenty years ago. So let's say that somebody they they work through it, they hire an attorney, mm-hmm. they get the result that they want, and they don't think their insurance is going to go up. Well, turns out that when they get their next bill, their insurance has gone up. Right. And let's say that it shouldn't have. Is right. that something that they can call you and you might be able sure. to help them with? Sure, we do. Um, I And I'm nice about it. I'll, I see this more often in out-of-state carriers with, as we've gotten larger and more global, maybe national in our insurance, um, a company in Connecticut will receive notice that you've received a citation and they just raise your rates and we remind them, uh, just well, I'd like to give you a copy of North Carolina General Statute number that this person has not had X, Y, and Z and set forth the protocols. Um, yeah, we, we we regularly tell insurance carriers you can't do that. Now, this is where the game playing gets, gets me ornery. Uh, whether you realize it or not, you may be receiving, I'm going to do my air quotes again. What do you do for air quotes on on, on audio? I don't know what I you... usually just say, I'm going to do my air quotes okay. again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we're giving you discounts. And so we're not really raising your rates. We're just not giving you the discounts anymore. Uh, and the substantive effect is that you have less dollars in your wallet. Um, if, they are, if they are not giving you the discounts for, and you, you see these things, you know, I'm a non-smoker, right? I have a four-cylinder car versus a, an eight-cylinder, you know, with a blower on the front or whatever. If they're not giving you the discounts anymore, there's not a whole lot I can do about that. It's just like, well, maybe you yeah, go to another. Sounds company. like they just kind of found a back door. Yeah, to, uh, to, yeah. To charge you more. No, it is, and it's it's. I've seen it more in the last mm, three to five years than we used to. Uh, the again, because we have become so global in our perspectives, there isn't this relational aspect. When I was coming up, um, you know, I was insured through Inagon Insurance Company. I don't even think they're in business anymore. And I, you know, my dad's like. Son, this is who you go to, and this is. You know, we, I remember having a relationship with my Inagon person, and I would call him up, and and that's that's kind of ended. This there's not a relationship with insurance carriers now. It seems like find the find the cheapest insurance, yeah. which is a mistake as well. I, if if we're talking about insurance, I uh, cheap ain't good, and good ain't cheap. Yeah, it's nice when you're paying those premiums. It's terrible when you're on the side of the road and you need something. Yeah. Yeah, or in the hospital and yeah. have had some... Or in court. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yes. So, yeah, we do. We call carriers up. Uh, we, I try not to be irascible with them or irritate them, but at the same time, there are times where I just send them a letter saying, you can't do this. And um, normally, in, in the vast majority of them, there is some positive result. Very rarely do I actually have to write a pen off a letter to the commissioner of insurance in North Carolina and advise them that we are, uh, I've done a couple times and, and in, in many instances, I can't say every, but, um, cause I don't remember everything, but in many instances there's a, we've been able to use the statute to our, our benefit. That's part, again, part of lawyers. We know what the law says or doesn't say. That's why you need to be careful about how you handle these things. Perfect. So, you know, the takeaway there is, you know, even after your traffic ticket's done, if your insurance goes up and you don't think it maybe should have, give an attorney a call. Right. All right. Is there anything else that we need to know when we receive a traffic ticket? I think timing's important. Um, 
because what happens is people get the citation. The newer ones in the cars now, they call them e-citations. I, don't, I think the state was trying to get all, you know. They're hip. Yeah, all millennial. We got an e-citation like that's better. <laughs> um, it's a piece of paper that's um, written on, you know, sometimes it prints out well. and It's a, it's a car printer that police officers use. It's real easy to, you know, be confused for a McDonald's burger wrapper and put underneath the seat. And you forget about going to court. And some citations, you just get a kind of a nasty letter from DMV saying you missed court. And on this date, we are going to suspend your license. Uh, I've also had other cases where you hear the knock, knock, knock on your door. I'm trooper so-and-so, and I'm here to pick up your driver's license. Thank you very much. And people are like, I didn't know troopers came to your house. I'm like, yeah, we, we have that level of service in North Carolina now that that it's called a pickup order and um, pick up your license. And uh, if you missed court and it was one that you're not allowed to miss court, sometimes they're picking up more than their license. Sometimes they take you with <laughs> the license to court and jail, um, which I do, I do see. Um, and you know, we're joking about it now, but, um, it happens, oh, man. It's real it, when you're in the orange. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about keeping it real. Um, you know, you're not, you're not going, um, I mean, you're not going to sing, sing or anything like that, but it's an embarrassing process. You know, they take your picture when you, when you get locked up. Um, I'm sure it goes in those magazines that, you know, people pick yeah, up at the gas which, station. And by the way, don't ever pay that, um, a fee to get you that's a game that these come i don't know if, i mean this is just free um but uh they, they they keep they take your name off and then six months later if you don't pay them again they put it back on Ooh, recurring uh, scam yeah some would call it bribery yeah. um but uh uh yeah it's uh so don't don't pay that off um but yeah if you get arrested you know some there, there are a couple jurisdictions, very few that I'm aware of. I know of one locally uh, where they don't take your picture. But again, we were talking about out-of-state licenses. There's this new thing called the computer. And um, I don't know why people love looking at the busted magazine. The, the, you know, every major television station has a, you know, a mugshot uh, kind of deal. Um I guess that's a whole nother conversation. I mean, yeah. yeah, we've I've seen pictures where you think the person just won the dang lottery. They look so happy they <laughs> got put in jail. Uh, and then I mean, you see do, the teary ones. Do too. everything that you do well, right? Right, right. Just, you know, <laughs> if you're going to take a mugshot photo, I guess smile, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So, it's going to get plastered. Right. All right, Bill, I think we've covered a lot of ground here. Any last words? I, I, I wish people would realize that we're lawyers are humans that we're actually here to help. Most lawyers are in the practice because they like helping people and you should not be afraid to call a lawyer. You shouldn't assume that the second you call, we've got this big red button we push and clock's ticking at some incredibly fast speed and you're gonna get a bill from us. Uh, The first conversation, at least with us, is free. And that's not true in every practice group or every area. But when it comes to speeding tickets, traffic tickets, we're we're gonna talk to you for free. We're gonna ask you a series of of questions. and if we think we can help you out, we'll, we'll tell you. And if we think you can handle it yourself, we'll tell you that too. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. You've been listening to Law Talk with Bill Powers, your resource for answers to your most pressing legal questions on your time. Ready to discuss your matter now? Call 704-342-HELP. 
for your free and totally confidential consultation. That's 704-342-4357. Law Talk with Bill Powers is an educational resource only. The information presented on this podcast does not constitute legal advice and is not a substitute for consulting with an attorney. Every situation is unique. Therefore, you should always consult with a licensed attorney before making any legal decisions. Thanks for listening.